Hey, welcome to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so pumped that you're tuning into this podcast. It has been designed for people just like you. We want to do life with you, share our wins, our defeats, our ups and our downs in hopes that you'll grow closer to God and to the people that you love in your life. Sit back and enjoy today's podcast. Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so excited to have you guys join us today. We believe we have some life-changing, life-giving content for you guys today. Sweetheart, are you ready to rock and roll this week? I'm ready to go. Me too, man. I just feel the presence of God in this place, and I believe somebody's life is going to be changed, improved. Um, For those of you all who are newer to our podcast and our show, let me just say welcome. We don't believe you're here by an accident. We pray and say, God, let people around the world who need this podcast, find it. And our goal is very simple to help you grow closer in your relationship with God and closer to the people that God has placed in your life. Mm. And we're going to share our ups, our downs, everything in between to give you real relevant information to help accomplish that goal. If you're newer to our podcast, hit the subscribe button so that you can be the first to get the content. We release a new episode every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Somebody say, let's go. Let's go. Today's episode is entitled Making Holiness Cool Again. Five reasons to live right. (laughs) Making holiness cool again. So that means I can finally get to be cool. You can finally maybe. I don't consider myself cool. Not in a bad way, but. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're the cool one. Yes, I know. Um, Before we get, what is holiness to you? What is holiness to me? Holiness is. I would say a closeness to God. Uh-huh. A closeness to God. Yeah, it doesn't Explain feel right. It doesn't feel right. Holiness is having um maybe the the attributes of of God mm-hmm. or um I feel like being close to God uh-huh. is where holiness comes from. Holiness. And um I don't know. That's what I, I don't know. Classical definition of holiness means um, to be sanctified Mm -hmm. or to be set apart, Mm -hmm. meaning that you're in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. You've been set apart Mm -hmm. from the world system. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to say it in a practical way. Mm -hmm. It's simply you submitting your will to God's will. Mm. And so if the Bible says for you to turn the other cheek and you do it, holiness is born. If the Bible says you forgive those who've hurt you and you do it, Holiness is born. Mm-hmm. If the Bible says bring the tithe into the storehouse and you manage your finances to where you put God at the top, when you do that, holiness is born. Mm. And so practically, it's simply when we do what God's told us to do. Mm. And I think it's kind of a me- uh, of all of that together. So holiness <clears throat> isn't like something that you are or you're not. Holiness isn't like some like checklist. If I do this, I'm holy. If I do that, I'm holy. This makes me holy. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, technically for me, my mm-hmm. definition, like there's a difference between righteousness and holiness. Mm-hmm. So when you accept Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that means that you are made righteous. That word righteous simply means in right standing with God. Mm-hmm. You're in right standing with God, not because you check boxes or because you do good things. It's because your nature has been changed from a sinner to a saint. You are the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Now, when you live righteously, 
um, you can live righteously or unrighteously. To me, that's synonymous with living holy, holy. or unholy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they're kind of interchangeable terms, meaning that when you get saved, you are set apart. But then there's living saved. There's yeah. living holy. Yeah. you're holy. There's, there's righteous, but then living righteously. You're holy, but then there's living holy. Right. There's you're holy <laughs> because He is holy. Uh-huh. And but there's the fruit of holiness, uh-huh. the fruit of righteousness. Right. And sometimes I think you know, for me at least, I can look at uh-huh. if you say, well, am I holy? Are they holy? Holy. Maybe I'm looking for the fruit of holiness. Let me say this. Before somebody tunes us mm-hmm. out with holiness, mm-hmm. because holiness ain't super sexy, um, there's some people that they only want information if it's like, how is that going to benefit me and my life, my relationship? Hold on one second. Uh-huh. Because they don't understand holiness has some tr- tremendous benefits. If it's one thing that we could give to people, and we look at this as like a mentorship um, podcast where we just share our life with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing that is, is, if you cut us, we bleed this, we bleed holiness. Mm. Um, to, and, okay, so let's give it like a contemporary spin. Yeah. It's just living right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool to live right. Like, I don't want to be a person who's saved and halfway in, halfway out. And living right has benefits. Do the right thing. <laughs> you stepped out there on that one. It was a little pitchy. It was a tad flat. I'm not even sure what Why song it was. Why do you know what is do pitchy? Right like you always talk I, about pitchiness. Yeah, I do. I, I do. just heard that song. I just can hear. Mm, 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 I don't. I still not getting a recollection. <laughs> if it was actually the correct chords, I would probably link into the song. But anyway, um, so we're talking about living right. Okay. So to me, living right has tremendous benefits. Mm-hmm. It has blessed our marriage. Yeah. It has made us who we are. It has protected our anointing. It has made sure that we live in a, a, a level of hedge of protection. Yeah. It's not like that if I live right, I'll always get right, though. Right. But living right does have benefits. It has blessings. You it, do reap what you sow. And not just when it comes to the blessing of God, mm-hmm. but also I just want my hands to be clean and my heart to be pure before God. And I don't know. I just see people, even in my position of leadership, I see leaders compromise. Mm. And it's like, uh, there's a little carnality, a little flesh. And I, and I know we all got a little, little carnality, a little flesh, but I don't want it like on purpose. I don't yeah. want to live there. Yeah. And so for me, if I was able to share anything with people I love, it would say, give your heart to Jesus and then live passionately for him and do everything that you can do to live beyond reproach and to live beyond the gray. Mm, I love that. I mean, because we're going to be passionate about something. Most people are going to be passionate about something. You're going to be passionate about your profession, your sports team, your children, yeah. you know, your, your your favorite hobby or, you know, your favorite pastime. Why not be passionate about the creator of the universe? Yeah. I'm passionate about the one that brought me out of darkness and placed me into light. I'm passionate about the one that brought me out of depression, yeah. that healed me from cancer. I'm passionate about my God, my Savior, my Lord. And there's a lot of people that got gold. And they got ambitions. They don't want to make this amount of money. They want to put this amount in the 401k. They want to have these investment properties. And all those ambitions are good. But for me, I want to have character, man. I want, to, I, want to, I want to be trustworthy. I want to be a person of my word. I want to have like crazy integrity. I want to be faithful to my family and faithful to my wife. That stuff I want makes to be a me person. happy. Man, that makes me excited. I want to I don't go want to, to give bed 10%. at night. I want to give 15%. I want to give 25%. I want to be like JCPenney and give 90% and live off the 10%. I want, I want to carry a glory cloud around with me. Yeah. I want to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. I want to live under the Shekinah glory of God. I want, I want to live where heaven is applauding what we do right now. 
But I, I want to be an example <laughs> to my children yeah. and my children's children. I want my neighbors to be able to benefit off of my life. You yeah. know, yeah. I want to be a, a, an example to the next generation. Yeah. And I want to, when I go to bed at night, lay my head down on the pillow <laughs> and think, it's a good day. Yeah. I want to, I want to be good with me yeah. and the decisions that I made I love and, it. and who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's something to holiness. So we're calling this segment making holiness cool again. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you don't really like cool stuff. You don't, you don't like trying to be cool. That's just not your the thing. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that? She is just, she's not into what's cool. <laughs> What's your thought behind that? I don't like, know. Because I made this title up myself because I thought, you know. Like I'm being judged. No, no. I just want to know what you're um, thinking. I feel like there's a lot of times, and I've just been like this my whole life, maybe because I'm not cool, <laughs> but there's a lot of people who try to fit in and be trendy and be cool. And I see a lot of people, they're so fidgety and they're, you know, concerned about what people think about them and all of this stuff. And it just doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Like it doesn't matter. What do you think? Think about yourself. <laughs> so my wife and me a little bit have like an intrinsic eh, 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 when when people are trying to be more cool than have character. When it's yeah. like I'm trying to be cool. Now we don't mind being cool because like I'm into fashion. I'm into dressing a certain way. I want to be as relevant as I can, you know. But at the same time, there's a level of and eh, eh, when it's like I'm trying to be cool just for cool sake yeah and that's not i don't have anybody in my mind when i'm saying this so i'm not shooting shots at anybody but what i'm what i do realize this is that we've been in ministry now i've been we've been lead pastor 16 going on 17 years and what i've seen is that the cool pastors they attract a crowd for a season Mm -hmm. and they attract a huge following for a season but then that season comes to an end and there is a moral failure or something where they haven't worked on the fruit of the spirit, character. They haven't worked on stability and faithfulness and everything that glitters is not gold. Mm-hmm. And we see that in, in many different avenues. It's mm-hmm. not just church world, business world, whatever. There's a lack of integrity. Mm-hmm. There's like It's almost like your gifting can take you places that your character can't keep you. And I just don't never want to be that person. To me, it's always character over charisma. Absolutely. It's always character over charisma. It's always character over trying to be cool. And so we do. We have a little down low Ken and Tabitha disdain, not towards a person, because I'm not thinking no, about not anybody when I'm not saying this, towards trying to be cool. Because I've seen that happen. Like, and then, you know, you got the cool church. Oh, hold on one second. You got the cool church and people are coming here because how we look. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, they might be like them. And then they come and find out we about integrity and character and principle. And then they here for about two weeks and they gone because they're looking for something flashy instead of something that's solid. Mm-hmm. They're looking for something that might be milk when really they need meat. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like if we can get the like uh, our churches to yeah be relevant be cool use the use the technology but all of that but have a level of um maturity and like character and all that you know yeah. uh, you know i'm just 
I don't know. I think, you know, I've seen so many people kind of go for, um, you know, the popular thing, the cool thing, and mm-hmm. they step outside of their own, you know, their their lane. Yeah. And, um, and then also sometimes I see people who it's almost like fool's gold. Uh-huh. This thing looks really cool. This thing looks really fun. It's okay. Just have a little bit of this, drink a little bit of that, do a little bit of this. It's all right. You yeah. know, you're all, you know, you're saved, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And then you step outside of your grace, your anointing, where God has for your life. And then you just, you, you just mess stuff up. Yeah. You cheat on your spouse, you lose your job. You, you know, you, it, there's just so much pressure on being cool. Yeah. And I think it's like that fool's gold. Like, no, that's not, that's plastic, baby. That's going to break. Yeah. You know, God, you know, God is the real thing. Yeah. Holiness is the real thing. Yeah. And so I kind of titled this making holiness cool again. I don't know if it was ever cool. I don't know if it was even meant to be cool because I'm not looking to be cool in people's standards, but I am looking to be, um, to live a holy life in a way that's relevant. Mm -hmm. So I guess here's here's the opposite. Some people, like when it comes to holiness, it's all about, well, don't have makeup on, have your hair down to your butt and um, can't go to movies, can't wear a goatee. And it's all these legalistic and so what happens is that people go to far extremes. So people who came out of a very legalistic thing, now they'll come way over here where they drinking and cussing and half cheating all under grace. And then you have your people that's way over here mm-hmm. that you can't even go to a movie without going to hell. Mm-hmm. And honestly, those are far extremes. And we probably need to be here where we can look good. We can be fashionable. We can enjoy the things that God has placed. And even though things are permissible for us, some things are not wise. Yes. I'm going to live my life with a discipline and a parameter, not because what I have to do, but what I get to do. And in that we get to see God because without holiness, no man can see the Lord. And I want to see God. Amen. And so there's just something powerful about people in this generation that are on yeah. fire for him. They want to live right. Yeah. If it's in the Bible, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I ain't making up. If it's in the Bible, I'm going to do it. If he say me, if he say it, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. If he send me, send me Lord, I'll mm-hmm. go. God, I love that. Mm. I think we press the limits too mm-hmm. when it comes to coolness or holiness. You know, it's just like we we have liberties as believers. We have personal conviction that God gives us, you know, like personally. Uh-huh. God might have told you, don't listen to that, but I could listen to it, uh-huh. you know, because I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. God might have told you, you know, don't watch that, but I could watch it. I don't have a problem with that, mm-hmm. but you do. And so we have to listen to the convictions of God mm-hmm. and we have to listen to the word of God, uh-huh. you know, to find out what's sin, what's not sin, what's holy, what's not holy. And it's when we be begin to test, you know, our own personal boundaries, that's where we get into trouble. Well, there's so much to be said in that, because when it comes to what's right and wrong, the number one thing we have is the word of God. Yes. But the thing about the word of God is that it is not black and white for every instance that you'll find yourself in. So then you have the Holy Spirit. And the hope is that we can all live our life based upon the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he might call something out for one person and other person might be okay with it. It's Mm -hmm. called Christian liberties. And then you also have the third way, which is um, the multitude of counselors. So he places the members in the body as it pleases him. Mm -hmm. And so the thought of God is that everybody has a pastor. Everybody has a church home or they have spiritual covering. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that if there's something that the Bible is not loud about, and you don't know which way to go with the Holy Spirit, you can follow them that through faith and patience have inherited the promises. It is a safe thing to follow older people who are in positions of authority that um, have fruit in their life as they follow Christ, you know? 
But the principle that I learned years ago that I think most people need to kind of grasp hold is that we have unity in the essentials and liberty in the non-essentials. As an overarching theme, we have unity in the essentials. So what's the essential? Jesus Mm -hmm. is the way, the only way, the truth and the life. There is no... Listen, that's a non-negotiable. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then there's other things that are non-essentials that we have some liberties in. Maybe what day you worship on, what church you go to, what kind of dress you have, what kind of worship music you have. And the problem is, is that sometimes people take the non-essentials and they want to make them essentials mm-hmm. and push everybody into a box. And all of it, like I appreciate all of the all of the comments because really God has made us so uniquely different. We all don't think the same and have the same background, but I thank God for his word. I thank God for the spirit and I thank God for godly leadership and all of that. Um, So, uh, you know, when I think of you, I think of holiness, you know, Mm -hmm. I really do. If I gave you three characteristics about you, I would say number one, you're loyal. Mm. I really appreciate the kind of loyal person you are. You're a loyal friend. You're a loyal mother. You will fight for people that won't fight for you. Um, Number two, I would say you're selfless. You're selfless. You're super selfless. You won't take care of yourself. Um, I have to make sure you're taken care of because you will spend yourself taking care of me, the family and this church and everybody else before you even think about yourself. But number three, I would say that you're holy. And I, I would say that God gave you a holiness DNA before you was even saved. You are a perfectionist um, by nature and uh, you've always wanted to do good. I mean, when we met in college, you was a vegetarian. <laughs> And it wasn't because nothing the Bible said. It was because you just didn't want to harm the animals. (laughs) You always want to do good. You're always, I remember I was driving one day and we was newly together and there was like a squirrel in the road and I was, my car was going, it's almost like you grabbed the steering wheel. I mean, you are, since I've met you, that's why I love you. You've been set on good. And so holiness to you is like, man, if that's what God said, that's what we're going to do. And I really appreciate. But when you put us together, like our together combined Mm -hmm. quotient, so to say, Mm -hmm. like me and you together, what the clater is, the holiness is is higher (laughs) than than other people. Possibly we're not better, but like for real, I want to live right. Mm -hmm. Like I ain't got time to play. I I am not interested. Like it's amazing to me, especially like PKs and people who grew up in church. And like they're so fascinated with the world. Yeah, it's almost like, well, I gotta get, gotta get the tattoo, and I, I need, I need to take a picture. I need to take a pool, a, pool, a cool picture, and almost have a cigarette on my ear. And it's almost like they want to push the limit so far. Yeah, because they're so really kind of fascinated by the world. Uh-huh. They like the world's music because they feel like it's more creative. Because they and haven't better. been in the world and been beaten up by the world. <laughs> Their parents have protected them from the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other us, the heathens like that me, when I world, grew up, got beat up, like, spit listen, out. We like the world ain't got absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, what you want to go out? What? What? To go the to the club, club what? and get my my the clothes smoking and have somebody? What? Are you crazy? Somebody's trying to slip me a Mickey in my drink? Are you oh stupid? I ain't going to giving them my five dollar cover charge because it's late at night. You crazy? I'm we gonna drink to some church. lemonade up in here and <laughs> chill out and be sober minded. Like it's not attractive. It's right. always those people who ain't been in the world not right. all the time there's a lot of people in the world yeah, they just yeah. like the world but i'm talking about they are so fascinated by the world by the music of the world the fashion of the world and i'm here to tell you that god is a creator mm-hmm. and creativity should be flowing from the church to the world not from the world to the church 
You know what I'm saying? I don't need to go and do a bunch of stuff that the world is doing and bring it into the church and say that's creativity. Exactly. I'm not upset at anybody who's doing that. I'm just saying for me, I feel like, no, we need to be so creative that the world be looking to the church because we have a relationship with the creator of the universe and all creativity flows through him and we be his kids. I'm not looking to the world. Right. So to me, I don't know. I've been in the world. The world has it's a joke. You have absolutely nothing you can offer me. And so for those of you all who are, maybe you are, been in church all your life, just take it from us. Mm. The world is a joke. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? You, you said like when you, you, what you, when you look at me, you think of this. When I look at you, I think of holiness too. But it's in this manner of like you have a presence of God that you carry with you. There's, um, you know, like we can be in the house by ourselves and it's just like you, the, the time that you spend in worshiping God and just praising God and praying to God in the presence of God. There's times that like I've been in the house and like you, you said, like sometimes you don't like it when I'm so jumpy, you know, like you just come into the room and you'll stand there and say tab. And it's like this deep voice, like it's coming from the Lord. And I'm like, Oh, you know, startled because I'm like, how did you get here? Like you had to come through the door. You had to walk into the room. Like, how are you? Did you just manifest? Have you been in the presence of the Lord? Sometimes I'll just walk into the room and look at you and your eyes are like ablaze, like, and it's spooky and I'm scared of you. I'm just like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to leave him alone right now. He looks like he's in the presence. I mean, it's funny what I'm saying, but I'm serious. I'm just, like, um, I don't know, like w- that holiness that we're talking about. I think it's just that desire to be close to God, being in the presence of God and not really caring about. I'm going to say something that I don't even know if I'm trying to prove it biblically now. And you know how I like to do. I like to make statements and prove it out. But honestly, I don't want anything to hinder the, the anointing on my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sin in questionable areas mm-hmm. hinders the anointing. Yeah. I ain't even trying to give you a Rolodex of Bible to prove it out right now. I'm just saying that for me in my life, I feel like that if I open up doors to sin and even questionable behavior, Mm -hmm. it hinders the anointing and the presence of God is on my life and nothing is worth it. Yeah. I don't give a care. I can never drink again a day in my life. I can never watch a, 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 I don't give a care if I got to watch all G-rated movies. I don't care. Nothing in my life is more important to me than the presence and the power of God. And so all of it is like what they say, um, dung. It's like all horse crap. Um, It's in comparison to the glory. Well, it's like when you've tasted and seen, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't look back. So like you, most of us have come to a level of living, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not going back. I was born and raised in the projects. Mm -hmm. I'm not going back there. Mm How I'm living right now, mm. it's good. Yeah. I, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Um, there's certain foods that we eat. Like there's a level of eating that I eat at right now. You're not going to catch me eating at McDonald's. Because right. I, I just, I've come to a level that, mm-hmm. you know, like I like good, fresh, mm-hmm. quality, organic foods, mm-hmm. you know. And that's yeah. just me. But I'm not going, I don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're saying with the mm-hmm. anointing. You know, you gave me one of the best compliments that I've ever heard, gotten in my mm-hmm. life. This Sunday, and really? you, I, you just dropped it, and you just—I really? don't think you even re- realized it. But I thought about it after you left. I was like, "Man, Aww. that was the dopest thing she's ever said to me." So I preached the message um, this past Sunday, and I think it was after the second service or the third service. I, I think it was in between the second and the third service. You said, 
um, you were talking about Bill Johnson from Bethel and you was like, hey, you know, when Bill speaks, I I love it because I can tell he loves Jesus and he's been with Jesus. And when you shared that message today, Mm -hmm. it was on another level. I could tell that you've been with Jesus absolutely, and it just made me want to know him better. And the truth is, is that's the biggest thing I've been working on in my life right now is my personal relationship with God. And the fact that you who lives with me that sees all of my 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 my, my human side mm-hmm. would look at me after that and say, um, you when you spoke, it made me want to be with Jesus more because I could tell that that's where you had been. That is a powerful 100%, compliment. That's yes. a powerful compliment. And it's, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I got a few scriptures that I want to go through. Um I feel like a completion on today's podcast. Um, We're done now. We just start crying. Um, uh, Romans 6, 23, it says that the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're going to look at holiness, you have to look at the counterpart, which is sin. Mm -hmm. That's what stops us from being holy or living a holy life. Um, Any thoughts come to you just when you read the wages of sin is death. Yeah, the wages of sin is death. Um, It breaks my heart. Uh Um, I don't come from a family who, um, you know, just a church going family, a family who believed in God. And so I have a lot of um, family, friends, relatives that I've seen the wages of sin. Mm. Um, I've seen them, you know, when I was growing up, you know, my family, they were young in their 20s and 30s, you know, and they were partying and drinking and smoking and fighting and cussing and, you know, living life, you know. Um, But I've seen and then I saw the wages, the of, wages sin of sin take effect of, of their lives. I'm always telling people that Satan's job is to make sin look mm-hmm. fun. And mm-hmm. sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. It's to make it look, um, look good. And sometimes mm-hmm. it does. It's to make it look attractive. And sometimes it is. Yeah. But sin will kill you. Yeah. Sin is not your friend. Sin is to the believer what kryptonite is the Superman. And you can't play around with sin. You know, the scripture says that people continue in sin because there's no repercussions that come quickly. Mm. And so because you sin and you don't see your life getting worse, it's in the heart of individuals to continue in it, not knowing that sin lies at the door. Wow. So it's a setup because the wages of sin is death, physical, spiritual death. You know, first John five, three says it this way. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his mm. commandments aren't burdensome. Another translation says the commands aren't grievous. All right. That means they're not difficult to obey. It's not like this big thing. Like, oh, my God, I got to do it God's way. And he want me to go to church. You have no clue what you're talking about. Mm. Can you talk to that? Absolutely. I think if, if God is asking us to do something, it's for our good. Yeah. And um, it's all about perspective. <laughs> you can enjoy it or I mean. I don't know. I, I just, I don't even know if I can comment on that. I just, you know, God has our best interest at heart. Some people believe that his commands are to take something away. Oh, I'm just not going to have fun. What I'm going to do in heaven for eternity. You have no clue. Yikes. Yeah. What he asks us to do is not to harm us. Mm-hmm. It's to help us just like you and your kids. What you ask them to do mm-hmm. is not to harm them. It's to help them. They yeah. don't know, but you mama, you yeah. daddy, you know what they don't know. Our Heavenly Father knows what we don't know. His commands aren't burdensome. They're not grievous. We got to grow up in the Lord. Yeah. Hebrews chapter six, verse four says, for it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit Mm. and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they've crucified again for themselves, the son of God, and they put them to an open shame. 
Now, I, I want to do a segment or podcast called Scary Scriptures because there's a few scriptures that are scary. Yeah. And this would be one of them. It says that there remains no more repentance for you. Yikes. So you, you tasted the good word of God, the powers of the world to come. If you fall away again, it says that it's not talking about you mess up here and there. Mm-hmm. It's talking about mm-hmm. you turn your back. Okay. And you now give into your sin as a lifestyle, a habitual choice. It says there remains no more repentance for you. And it says, because you crucified a son of God afresh and you put him to an open shame. Mm. Talk. I mean, what's <laughs> what? I mean, scary scripture. <laughs> I mean, to crucify Jesus. It, if you, when you realize what he's done on the cross for you, yeah. you know, the pain that he went through, you uh-huh. know that he gave his life, yeah. the journey to the cross and then hung on the cross. Right. But you choose to crucify him afresh. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone who um, I love very dearly and they were leaving their marriage, wanting to go back to a same sex uh, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, they had basically been on the Internet and, of course, been around a group of people that have basically mm-hmm. told them, all of these different things about what is a heterosexual Bible and it's not heterosexual God, but God loves us, so forth and so on. And they had basically come up with, and and I was trying to tell this person, listen, don't turn into a reprobate mind where you begin to believe a lie is the truth and the truth is a lie. I said, but there's many who are going to say unto me, Lord, Lord, on that day, haven't I prophesied in your name and done all these miracle work, works wow. in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. That means someone who's living in sin. And so what this one is talking about is someone who's living in sin. You've tasted the good word of God. You are the one who found that man. You found that marriage. God's been good to you. You've seen the power of God move. Now to go back to what you've been delivered from, you crucified a son of God afresh and you were about to put him to an open shame. You used to be ministering powerfully for him, but now you're going to be used of the enemy. And wow. don't even know it because you're believing a lie. To me, and, wow. and I shared this scripture with that individual because I was hoping it would enlighten them. And I would want people to know that, that if you love God, wow. listen, you got to love holiness enough to allow holiness to get a part of every part of you from your sexuality. I'm talking about toe, top of your head, to toes of your feet. God, you can just have it all. Mm. I just, I don't want to do anything that will put them to an open shame. And that's what the thing I'm looking at. I'm looking down at the paper saying, does it really say open shame? Open shame. Yeah. You hang him on the cross again. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to hang him on the cross again. I don't want to crucify him. I don't want to bring shame to his name. Right. Wow. (laughs) When you love holiness, uh, this is an impartation podcast, John 14, 15. This is one of my favorite ones over the years. Mm -hmm. And you've heard me quote this one. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I love that one. It's if you love me. Mm-hmm. And so the love language, you know how we got love language, mm-hmm. you know, touch, quality time, mm-hmm. um, positive, you know, positive affirmation, acts of service, gifts and that kind of thing. The love language of God is not a saying, God, I love you. God, I love you. The love language of God is obedience. He says, says, if you love me, this is how I know mm-hmm. you keep my commandments. You follow my word. You do what I told you to do. And so to me, when it comes to holiness and when it comes to living right, I want to do what he tells me to do, not because I have to, but as an act of love towards God. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the great commandment. The great commandment is love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor like yourself. No other commandment greater than these two. I got like one main job, and it's love God. How do Mm. I do it? It's not by singing. It's not by what I say. It's by how I live. I have to give God this thing where I'm going to obey him no matter what the cost. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So good. 
I just want to sit here and meditate on the word. <laughs> like I need some private alone time with the Lord right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking, but I am. It's okay. how it makes me feel. Like, wow, I just want to dive into the word. I want to dive into his presence. Good. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, Hebrews twelve fourteen says, it says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy because without holiness, nobody's going to see the Lord. So I want to see the Lord. And I believe that people are listening and watching because they want to see the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see the Lord? Absolutely. Where do you want to see the Lord? Right here, right now. <laughs> you want Jesus <laughs> to manifest sitting on the table right here. For all the world to see. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord is here through the presence of He, Him, yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this moment and into our homes and into mm-hmm. our hearts. Um, but we want to see. I want to see Him move to heal the sick. I want to see Him move to restore marriages. I want to see Him move to break the addictions. I want to see Him move to to promote in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to see God. I don't want to just talk about God. Mm-hmm. I want to see God. I want to see God in every, every small group we have, see God. At a live church, I want people to come in and see God. I mm-hmm. want them to see God in everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. I, want them, I, want, I want them to see God. Watching the podcast right now, I, I hope somebody can just see God in the room. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want, but yeah. without holiness, nobody's going to see God. Mm-hmm. Without holiness. So make no mistake about it. As much as you want to see God, as much as you want to see God, and as much as I want to see God, we're not going to see God if we don't live right. He says, without holiness, no man's going to see the Lord. And he meant what he said. Amen. And so my hope today mm-hmm. is to spark a desire to just live right. And um, I got five reasons to live right. To, um, to live right. And um, I want to give these to you. But I think living right starts with uh, repentance and just say, God, I don't want to do it the world's way or my way. I'm turning away. I want to yeah. do it your way. Here's five reasons. Number one, there are eternal and earthly rewards attached to living right. Okay. It, there's 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 earthly and eternal rewards. So when you start living right, okay, the Bible says stuff like if you delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you serve and obey, you'll eat the good of the land, you know? And so there are like literally, you know what I'm saying? It's not tick for tat. It's not like because I live right, I'm not going to get challenged or I'm not going to have a fight or a battle. But, but I'm telling you, there's promises that when you do live right, mm-hmm. certain things are released from heaven's domain towards your account. Okay. Now the Bible says at the end of the ages, um, we're all going to be judged believers and unbelievers. Unbelievers will be at what the Bible calls the great white throne judgment. Mm -hmm. Believers will be at what we call the judgment seat of Christ or the Bema seat. Okay. Now that means that all of us, every single person has ever lived will stand before Jesus and be judged. Now to those who are unbelievers, they will be judged and then them and hell and the lake of fire will be thrown away for eternal damnation. Mm. The believer will be judged not towards eternal damnation, but to the gaining or the loss of eternal rewards. And so there's a scripture that talks about the person who lives right, how they'll have a crown. There'll, there'll be certain eternal rewards. So I'm living right because I know there's natural rewards in the here and now, but also eternal rewards that's on its way. Wow. You good? It's good. Number two, it proves your love for God. Mm-hmm. Five reasons to live right. It proves your love for God. You know, it's one thing that I come in and I say, I love you, but I never come home. I say, I love you, but I cuss you. I say, I love you, but I hit you. My love is a joke. All right. Because it's one thing to say something that's a whole nother thing to do something. So when the scripture says, if you love me, keep my commandments, what it's saying is don't just say it, show it. Yeah. And so that's what God wants. He wants us to actually 
prove our love to him. You prove it through obedience. Anything on that? No, it's good. <laughs> you, you out of here. I mean, you, <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm gonna finish up. I'm, I'm a, y'all stay with what me. What do I'm I add up. to that? <laughs> Number three, it helps you enjoy life at another dimension. Uh huh. Why you should live holy. It helps you enjoy um, having fun naturally is one thing. Having fun under the the blessing of the creator of fun is mm-hmm. a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, when, especially when we were in college. Everybody thought it was fun. Hey, you going out tonight? Listen, our definition of fun was drinking, smoking, and maybe getting you some, sleeping around. That's what we thought fun was. Nobody else thought anything else was fun. I mean, maybe you play a little volleyball here and there. You know what I'm saying? But our fun was really, we're going to go out and we're going to party, drink, smoke. You know, that's fun. That's a sad cry (laughs) for what fun really is. If that's what you think having fun is, you don't even know what fun really is. Wow. We need to call you up hither to a high level so you can meet the creator of fun. And in the kingdom of God, there's jubilee and there's celebration and there's festivities. I mean, one of the things that I've been impressed with you, you've, you've been good for like three days, is that you are now living in delight. This or for our church, for those of y'all, is our year of joy. And I started off doing like this 15-part series on the joy of the Lord called The Drip. you got to go over to a live church and check it out. It's called The Drip. Right now, it's broadcasting even in Russia. People from Ukraine are testing, oh, man, thank you. I was feeling depression. Amen. And the joy of the Lord is this, that, and the other. And after all this time, I finally seen my <laughs> wife step into that joy anointing. <laughs> For three days, she's been like, <laughs> life is good. Like in the midst of picking up kids, in the midst of homework, in the midst of a crazy schedule, she's learned to just delight in the entire process. How you feel? I feel good. It's good, ain't it? Yeah. It's, it's just, a perspective shift. It really is. It's it a perspective really shift. You can handle the weight. Mm-hmm. You can handle the pressure. You can approach the hard conversations mm-hmm. still with a level of, it's going to be all right. God got me. Yeah. Ain't it good? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. It's a different perspective. <laughs> and it took me a minute to get there, but I'm here. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, welcome to the to the yep. next to the next level. Yep. Number four, five reasons to live right. It exemplifies the character of Christ to the world. I think that we are God's best or worst advertisement. You know, we the the believer. Mm-hmm. Either either for years of my life I was a Christian atheist. I was God's worst advertisement. Yeah. I lived um my best friend was a guy who was atheist. Mm-hmm. We used to party together. I took him to church one time. It was so dry. He never wanted to go back. I didn't know how to witness to him. I was his worst advertisement. I had a friend of mine, and we were best friends for forever, and um, he converted to Islam because he wanted nothing to do with my Jesus because I said that I loved God, but he saw how I was acting. People want the real thing. Bad advertisement. And every person who's listening, you have to ask yourself, am I good advertisement for Mm -hmm. the kingdom? Or am I bad advertisement for the kingdom? Mm. I think it's our job as believers to exemplify Christ's character to a dying world. So the command to love the unlovely or to turn the other cheek or to overcome good with evil is not just for that person and yourself. It's for the whole world to see that we live our life counterculture, but God's hand is still on us. Yeah. There's something powerful that people should be able to see the distinguishing mark of a believer. Like your work ethic should be different. You should come early and stay late. That you should be there for people when they're going through things. You shouldn't have all the same drama that the world has. Yeah. And it's okay to be different. You don't have to fit in with everyone You don't have to else, fit in. You know, Matter of like, fact, I don't want to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't invite me to the party. Good. I ain't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all right. You know what I mean? 
like so exemplifying that so counterculture living mm-hmm. and so last but not least if you want to uh, five reasons to live right is that it invites god in for you to see him even more it invites god for you to see him anymore because without holiness nobody will see mm-hmm. the lord all right mm-hmm. you got anything to add on today no i absolutely loved it i'm glad i loved all of your input Yes. <laughs> you need to get this podcast and listen to it. I'm glad it blessed you so good. <laughs> she was not giving nothing. She was receiving all today. I just feel she's, well, there was, I feel like you sit here sponging. I was with you. I was with you. Until what? Until the five reasons to live right. And uh-huh. you just started flowing. It was just nice. Like, oh, good. preach, preacher, preach. In Jesus' name, receive yes, it all. I receive <laughs> Oh, man, we're out of time for the day. I hope that it was a blessing to you like it was to my wife. I really (laughs) hope that. And uh, if you enjoyed today's content, the best thing you could do would be leave a review. And in that review, actually share your testimony with us of what God did and what he spoke to you. You know, we have a conference here every year. We would love for you to come Mm -hmm. out the second week of October called a live conference. People travel in from all around the world to be a part of this conference. I believe it will be an encounter moment for you. Hopefully you can join us in sunshiny Orlando, Florida. Um, Hit the subscribe button. If you're newer to our content, make sure that you're the first to get it. We drop it every Thursday. There's some great content on its way over the next several weeks and months. I know because we've been preparing for it to be able to deliver it to you. All right. We love you guys so much. Just know that you're not alone. We're fighting for you. We're fighting with you. And until next time, um, thank you for joining in to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. Peace.